Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Kessel Run Collecting. I'm your host, Eric, and with me, as always, my good friend, Matt. Hey, everybody. All right, so we're recording this, uh, what is it, the 9th? So uh, May the 4th has come and gone, and um, Matt, did you do anything special? Uh, yes, I went to work and spent 12 hours on a job. Uh, other than that, uh, <laughs> I uh, I did May the 4th, we'll talk about it, the the some pre-order, some attempting pre-order, and then uh, I did go check the 40th of Return of the Jedi when it came out last week. See, I thought for some reason that it was coming out on May 4th. And then I was on Facebook on April 29th. And I saw all these people I know had pictures of them at the theater. And I'm like, oh, okay, it started already. I think it started the 28th. So I, uh, I, I looked for it. And I found like my one theater that I normally go to had it listed, but it didn't have any show times. And it just said, uh, you know, put in your email if you want to know when tickets are available. Nothing ever came up. None of the other theaters had it. So I think maybe it showed in my area, but only at one place on one day. And that, that seems to be how a lot of these older movies when they get re-released are like i know uh i think it was last year maybe um i went with a friend of mine to see i don't remember what anniversary it was i think it was 40th or something for um alien oh, yeah. the original alien movie and it had some weird show times like tuesday at eight and thursday at seven and that was it <laughs> yeah. so i have a feeling it was a similar situation and so um, I sat down and I said, eh, you know what? I'm going to watch it here at home. But I'm going to watch the version that actually is 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. So I, I watched the original version. I don't mind the special edition so much on um, A New Hope and Empire. But Jedi is the one where I think the, the changes are the ones that I like the least. Agreed. Yeah, the Jedi Rocks is not that great. And no, it's, it's horrible. But anyhow, um, yeah, so on May the 4th, we also had Star Wars Visions Season 2 drop, which I totally forgot about. Have you watched any of it? Yeah, I watched them all. Um, I, I haven't heard a lot of good reception to it. The first season is definitely the stronger of the two. They're, I mean, it's not bad. A lot of it's claymation this time. And, uh... Because where I think the first season was nothing but Japanese studios. Um... Or East... Or Far East Asian studios. Uh... The, this time it was from all over international, like, uh, Europe and stuff. And they had a lot of, like, the Wallet and Gromit... Or uh, Wallace and Gromit kind of people mm -hmm. doing animation. And it was okay. It it was very some of the stories were very cookie cutter. So you know, there's an oppressive empire. Some young girl's gonna have something comes kind of force inside of her to fight them. Then at the end of it, lightsaber shows up and it, everything works out. So that was the thing. There was there was one by a uh, with an Indian studio that was that was like a all three D render CGI with possible mixing. It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, not like I said, nothing, nothing on the. Uh, like I said, this first season is the stronger thing, but it wasn't terrible. It just it after the first two or three of them you watch, you kind of know the how the gist of how the rest of them are going to go. Huh? Yeah, I I haven't uh, I haven't watched any of them yet, and you know, quite honestly, you know, the especially when the first season came out, it definitely was kind of like we're putting a little bit of anime in star wars and really what i would just be happy with is like that fan-made tie fighter anime like i would just like to see a star wars series but it's anime style agreed yeah paul johnson's tie fighter um there's also this guy this russian guy who did the uh he did the trailer for our new hope on anime style too um but yeah, Paul Johnson's Tie Fighter is great. Ooh, uh, I think I don't. I, I would love it as well. I don't know if I want that that exact style of anime, but old school anime style. Yeah, all about it, yo. I would love a show like that. Yeah, like just just a series because all these little these little shorts. Like I mean, there's not anything more you can do with them. It's like okay, you got this little short clip, but it's generally not the type of stuff where you rewatch it for any sort of narr- narrative you know it's just kind of like it's um just like a weird little novelty thing yeah but but it's not but it's nothing where it's like oh that's really good i can't wait for the next episode because you know that's it oh i got that five minutes that's done exactly. <laughs> you know? like, um, if, like if the crew that does uh ghost in the shell the old not the second the not the more recent ones but the war but uh second gig and uh, all that from like the early 2000s, early mid 2000s. Yeah, I'd be all about it. Yeah, and quite honestly, how much money did it take to do provisions? A bunch of these little short things that, like I said, they're they're kind of disposable novelties. I would rather have them take that money and give us another two episodes of The Mandalorian, or you know, put that money towards a bigger budget to make the episodes a little bit bigger in scale like to me it just kind of seems like that they'll pinch pennies a little bit on one project in order to try to do more projects but you know i'd rather have one high quality project than a whole bunch of ones that they're cutting corners on i understand like um I would rather them take the money and decide to do, like you said, like we said a second ago, just do a, a in-canon anime series. Maybe do only 12 episodes. If you want to go old school, go the whole 22 or 24, whatever it was. Just so you know, it's just something where, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, it, or actually, if you want to take the money and put it into more like, better episodes for live action, that's one thing. But I'd, I like our first idea. Just do an entire 12 episode, like Bad Batch of 16 episodes. Let's do that, but do it anime style. But do it, like, it doesn't have to be in that prequel era, just, just uh, an anime animation. Well, and one benefit of that, I would imagine that doing that kind of 2D animation would be cheaper than doing 3D animation, like the Bad Batch. <laughs> And it's like there's nothing wrong with it. It, it it's not like everything has to be a, a certain style or something now that everything has to be clone wars style that's animated and the nice thing is once you enter the realm of animation 
you don't have to worry about de-aging actors or actors that are no longer with us. You get a voice cast, and guess what? You can have the adventures of Luke Skywalker between Empire and Jedi. It doesn't yep. matter. You yep. can do all that. And that's what I'd love to see. So it's like, I'd love to see a Rogue Squadron TV series. I said that long time ago. I'd love to see one in live action. But you know what? If we could do one that was uh, animated, I'd be okay with that. I'd prefer animated, to be honest with you. I remember reading the Rogue Squadron comics back in the 90s. And I remember in the letters section, the name to cut the chatter. Multiple people thought because they were just because they were coming out with the manga of the original trilogy back then, like four manga, four movies per movie, and everyone talked about how great it was and how we think the Rogue Squadron from all the movement and action of all the com- of the dog fighting would transfer over to anime really well. I'm all about it. Dude. Okay, so um, the other thing that came out was Jedi Survivor, the sequel to. Jedi Fallen Order video game. Uh, d- did you pick it up? Because they do have it on PC, I think, and you're you're a PC gamer. I'm a PC guy. I have not picked it up yet because my old rig can't really he couldn't really handle the first one. So I'm waiting to get a new PC before I pick it up. But I just go to YouTube and watch all the cutscenes to get all the story <laughs> in. <laughs> I, uh, I I want to get it at some point, but. I had recently just picked up like one or two new games anyway. And I'm one of those type of people where I don't jump games. Like I will just play the crap out of one game until I've completely beaten it. And then I go and I'll, I'll get something new. So I have like two other games to play through right now. Oh. Uh, and also I tend to wait for stuff to be used so I can actually get it cheaper. Because I'm not one of those people where I got to go out and get it as soon as it comes out. I've only done that with like two game, two or three games in my entire life I ever had to get as soon as it came out. So I don't mind waiting. Um, I borrowed the first one from a friend of mine and played the whole thing. I never actually owned it myself. And one reason I didn't was after I played it, I was kind of burnt out on the levels because they had you keep revisiting planets all the time and it was annoying so it's like you would go to dathomir and you had to get from point a to point b and you had to fight a bunch of characters or whatever to get there and actually do whatever you had to do for the story and then you leave you go somewhere else and then after you visited like one or two planets oh you got to go back to dathomir and it's like you have to fight all these people that you just killed last time you were there. You have to do it again to get to some other area and unlock some other part of the story. And it's like, you go to a planet for something, like, everything you need to do on that planet should be part of that one level. That going back and forth crap just, oh my gosh, that was like the most annoying part about it. Because I thought mm. the story was good. I thought the characters were good. I enjoyed the gameplay and everything. But that repetitiveness just mm, drove me crazy. My gosh. Yeah, I could see that. Like, maybe you can go back to the, the planet again in the second game, but not in the first. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, you know, at some point, I'll, I'll get around to it. So, uh, I did something that wasn't for May the 4th. But it was for this last Sunday. And, you know, they were trying to 
kind of tie it to May the 4th. But the the town where I used to live, I mean, it's not that far away. It's like 30 minutes away. Um, they had a bunch of businesses in the town all get together to kind of participate in like their own sort of Star Wars Day thing. Mm-hmm. And like they really didn't have a lot to it. It was it was the first year they did it. And so I think they were just kind of trying to figure out, well, what do we do with this thing? And um, I trooped that event with a 501st, and we were actually, like, walking from one business to another around town. But, like, there wasn't a whole lot to do in any one of those places. We were just kind of going around town. And then by the time we were all done is when traffic actually picked up, and it was like, well, this... Everything should have been scheduled a little bit later, I think. But <laughs> you know, it, it was it was the first time they did anything like that, and um, one of the things they had that that evening was um, I I think you've heard of them, Galactic Empire, the band. And they oh do... no way! Yes, I love Galactic Empire. Yeah. So actually, a number of years ago, I was in one of their music videos. It was like right after force awakens came out sometime around then oh, no and, they way. Were, and they were doing some song and the, i think they needed like some first order tks and i had one at the time so i i was there for that but they were playing at this theater called the west shore theater there in new cumberland and i have a lot of history with that theater because back when i was in my early 20s and i was starting to get into film my friends and i we uh, we did this short film, and the climax of the film takes place at that theater. And then when we went to show the movie to people, we showed it at that theater. And so, you know, we had known we had known the guy that owned it. It had been in his family for a little while. Like, um, you know, he would run the projection booth. His wife would run concession stands, and his mom would be in the the ticket booth. And it was one of those old school theaters where it's like right in the middle of downtown, you know, mm. I, I think it was built like 1920 or sometime around then. And, uh, he had, he had paid all this money to upgrade the, uh, the projectors to digital and everything when everything was making that transition and the sound system and everything. But then eventually it just got <clears throat> too much for him. And it was like way too competitive because what happens? The studios, they go to all the big chain theaters and, you know, have their deals with them. So I remember when he was playing Revenge of the Sith, he said by the time he was able to show it there, it was like he made like less money than almost any other movie. Oh, wow. Like it did horrible because... By the time he got it, everyone had seen it like 10 times. <laughs> so uh, so just because of that and everything, he uh, he sold it off. And uh, my wife and I actually asked him how much he wanted because we we're like, that'd be so cool. And we had this idea like what you have to do with something like that is play older movies, but then you get a stage and you do stage performance too. You do stand up. You do all this different stuff with it. Well, the people that ended up buying it and remodeling it, that's what they're doing now. Huh. So, anyway, they had Galactic Empire there, 
and they their costumes were all like kind of like made up stuff that they did and i was thinking i thought they used to dress up like as star wars characters i'm wondering if uh you know that the hammer didn't fall yes yes they and, did. They... and apparently that's what happened like they had like an imperial cog on on their drum set and i'm looking at like that looks wrong oh (laughs) it's eight spokes instead of six spokes so kind of figured out what was going on but anyway um so they played there so we we did that and (laughs) found out (laughs) because this was kind of advertised as part of this day that one of the local business owners there is one of the kids that is on the box to the vintage Death Star playset. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh so we went around and you know we we stopped by his place and we were talking with him and he was basically like he said, Oh, you know, this modeling agency, they're just like, Yeah, we need we need some kids to be in this photo kind of thing. Like real basic. And he said the playset, we couldn't actually play with it. Like everything was glued in place. Oh, you know, I guess because they didn't want to shift or anything. So he's like, "Yeah, we just had to kind of pretend we were doing stuff." And uh, he he said, "The other kid on the box he goes, I never met him before or after that. I have no idea who it is." He said, "For years, I've been trying to track him down because I would love to recreate the photo with us as adults." <laughs> And uh, he also said he didn't get one. <laughs> they didn't like Paleman Death Stars. Huh. Uh, but his parents did buy him one for Christmas that year. And uh, so, yeah, it was like uh, not a lot of story to tell, but he was saying how I guess it wasn't until like a few years ago that like anybody cared. But then it was like when people found out who he was and everything. Then suddenly people would be like, Oh, can I send you a photo to autograph or anything? And I was like, you know, only star Wars, like almost no other property. No one would give a crap, but Mm. star Wars fans, we obsess over stupid stuff, (laughs) every little bit of minutia. And I asked him, I said, has anyone had you sign a box? And he said, and he said "Eh, a couple times, he said, well, there was this one time, I was at a flea market and this guy had one for sale and he had, you know, the box. And I mentioned how that was me. And the guy's like, nah, nah. And he goes, and then I'm heading back to my car and this guy comes running, huffing and puffing. Hey, can you sign the box? <laughs> I guess he finally thought better of it. He's like, yeah. So I signed the box and probably decreased. Yeah, the value. I remember this. This was back in September of last year. Where that guy, yeah, I've seen that picture of that guy. Yeah, New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Yeah, hold on. All right, well, go track down that first guy. Now we got to get the other one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was kind of funny. And I and I told him, I said, now, now what if you actually finally find that other guy and you ask him about doing the photo and he's like, oh, I hate Star Wars. Or he's oh, like, no. Or he's like, no, nah, I'm more of a Trekkie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And he, he said, he said, yeah, I've, I had one other person say that, you know, what if, what if he hates Star Wars? Or, he'd be like, Star Wars sucks. 
those are what? people not worth being around. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nutty. Could you imagine like you're in the toy aisle, and you're just walking by, and you're like, "Hey, that that that's me." <laughs> oh man, he had he had the most of all school cred, the most play school cred. All right, so um, hey, one thing we didn't talk about uh, because it was not done last episode we recorded was uh we have yet to talk about the mando season three finale which Ooh, uh, yeah yeah go ahead i i liked it it was it was nice for it to bounce back after the uh, jack black lizzo episode but uh i don't know why they like cram everything or they don't give something enough time to breathe. Like, why not make that an hour episode? Like, what would be wrong with making that an hour episode? Or making it an hour and a half episode? Mm. Like, I don't... And that's what I was saying about, you know, they'll they'll spend money on this other stuff, which is pretty disposable. But then it's like your flagship show for, for not just Star Wars, but Disney Plus, period. Why why not throw more effort and and money at that and uh, just just make it a little bit bigger in scope the the one thing that kind of had me scratching my head and, and this kind of goes back to that wasting time on on stuff is so we got an answer to the whole Pershing subplot yeah is, okay we had we had to uh, basically erase his memory or whatever and uh because he knew too much i'm like so we had to spend like 30 40 minutes of all this crap with pershing just for them to do that it's like coruscant's a pretty big place all she would have to do to tell pershing is hey let's go check out this bar on level 1313 and he goes are you sure the bar is this way this is kind of a dark alley back here and she puts a blaster bolt in his head done like that could have wrapped up that whole thread with Pershing. Why did we have to spend an entire episode or almost an entire episode to tie up that loose thread? I, I, I don't get it. Well, I'll tell you this. Me and my, my, my girlfriend, Chris, were talking about this. The If you take the entire season, some of the episodes needs to need to need to be chopped up. Like you don't edit anything out. Just chop some of them up and rearrange some of the scenes, like when Grief Karga gets attacked by the pirates, right? Have that earlier in the season, and then show the, just the first half of the Persian one, right? And then have the next episode past that, where, so you have them, by the time you come back to Pershing later, like a couple episodes later, you assume he's been friends with, what's her name, the comms officer, and then she pulls that crap on him. And in that time frame, you have the Mandalorian go on his search for the parts of IG-11, but he doesn't know that pirates took over Navarro. And so by the time he comes back with Bo to help retake Navarro, Grief Karga and his crew have been on been refugees out in the, in the lava flats for weeks, and this helps them retake everything. This way, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get more tension. Yeah, and that goes back to what I said about the the pirates before. They're like right outside Navarro when Din leaves, 
And yeah. then it's episodes later, the pirates decide, ah, oh, we're going to invade Navarro. It's like, you're there. You were there. You could have invaded Navarro like 10 minutes after the fact. So, yeah, I mean, I would have rather had more with the occupation of Navarro. And the Pershing thing, like I said, you could have done that in 10 minutes. You could have just got it done and over with. Um, I mean, I like the way it it ended and everything. I thought it was cool that uh, Grogu got the droid to walk around in. I thought he was going to have that a little bit longer than he did. Yeah. Because um, I thought, okay, well, that's a good way to keep him mobile where he can keep up with, you know, full-size humanoids. So I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of wish they hadn't disposed of that idea uh, as quickly as they did. Moff Gideon, I'm not convinced. He's he's. Dead. Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. He, that, I, this one had no mustache. He was obviously a clone. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, I I don't see a good reason to bring him back because I I feel like they did wrap up everything with him. Like everything he was doing was working towards the you know this trifecta of you know, the force and this and that. So I kind of feel like, okay, we got that storyline. As much as I love him as a character, I, I kind of feel like, oh, okay, we can move past him as the villain. I I like the way they wrapped it up at the very end where they kind of went full circle. They also kind of finished up the retaking Mandalore storyline and now he's back to, he can go off in all kinds of different adventures with Grogu. And we're probably going to get some Rangers of the New Republic type stories recycled into that, into season four, I'm guessing. And maybe some stuff with Thrawn. Yeah, That's I, my speculation. Yeah, I would have introduced him much earlier in the season. Because him, he didn't show up what, the next to last episode, the first time we see him. I would have had like... Uh, Carson Treva, uh, find that that busted up a Tiderium shuttle much earlier in the season, so the tension was rising on that. Uh, you know, like I said, it just you don't have to edit anything out; just cut it up differently to where stuff is good, better pacing and storytelling. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think of uh, the the uh, Shadow Council? Uh, I liked it. I liked uh, again a little variety of uh, imperial crazies. Just like it reminded me of. Uh, remember the Rogue Squadron comics were like that. Different a variety of crazy imperial moths that were rolling over the different systems. And things well, like we that. got um, Hux's dad. Oh yeah, it was one was one of them. Which yeah, what Kevin. I didn't understand about that was Moff Gideon said something about like, "Oh, clones are your obsession," but the first order didn't use clones because even Kylo Ren said May maybe we should have used clones because, you know, Finn had went rogue. Defected, yeah. I don't know. It came off as the Kevin Fetter line of the council. Just, just <laughs> like he was overachieving when whatever he was able to do. Oh, look at that. I'm on the council too. Yeah, like he didn't do nothing. <laughs> I was glad we got to saw Paleon. Yeah, old man yeah. Polion, like he was supposed to be. And if you notice, he's on his uh, officer uniform. He's got the little uh, chimera patch on the arm, which I thought was a cool little touch. Yeah, a lot of them seem to have like deviated from you know just the normal 
imperial outfit like they kind of all sort of start doing their own thing with it oh 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 i um i mean i thought it was cool i liked it uh we they only get to mission thrawn they don't actually show thrawn i was hoping they would show him somewhere at the end of the series but okay so you know we might have listeners that are like why don't you go talk about toys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey we talk about more than just toys because star wars is awesome um <laughs> so yeah let's get into some recent pickups do you want to go first sure sure what did i get recently uh my my case of my of wave whatever number it was that had the admiral piet and the new clone trooper and uh who else was in that wave hunter and uh, Maldoni, where Aldani uh, uh, Cassian came in, solid wave. Um, I think they had the uh, the mortar trooper in it, which I finally got as well. I think that was that wave, yeah, it was way before. Anyway, picked them all up, went through them, really like, really like the stormtrooper or this clone, even I was really not liking the uh the images of the the clone trooper's chest armor in hand it's not nearly as bad the real dog in the situation is the clone trooper's helmet uh, the visor needs to be re-looked at uh the rest of the way though i was quite cool with i know they're talking about uh the imperial hats being too oversized in the images they look like that but when they're in hand they're okay they only don't look oversized in hand so i think it's just the angle the lights hitting them uh at least for me. So that case, I think, is all I've gotten recently, actually. It's interesting you mentioned Piet, because, like, I do most of my shopping through Big Bad Toy Store. They do not have him listed. Is he an exclusive to entertainment? Uh, he just went up day before yesterday. At BBC. Oh, no, no, no. I, I know what's going on, because I'm looking at Big Bad Toy Store right now. Pre-order sold out. Yeah. Son of a... Mm. Yeah. And... a lot faster than I expected. Yep. 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 So, but I am not paying like $13 shipping from Entertainment Earth. No. <laughs> oh, you know what else I got? I, my bad. I got... um, But I got the Paz Vizsla came in for me, finally, after having it on pre-order for like nine months. Please just tell me it's nice. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't opened it yet. I just got it yesterday or day before yesterday, so I can't. Right. I haven't opened it yet. So, I mean, it looks nice, and uh, I'm planning to open it probably, probably after this podcast. Actually, so I'll talk about it next time. Uh, uh, I don't think I've I got anything else since then. I mean, yeah, rest random... in peace, Paz. He yeah, went like the boss. Yeah, I, I hate the fact they killed him off. Like. I would much rather than that, like he goes out in the final battle rather than uh, the, the fight before. I guess because they wanted to show how tough the Imperial, the uh, what do they call the Praetorian Guards originally were. Dude, they went out like chumps thirty years later. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's what I've got recently. All right, so um, yeah, I have kind of an odd mix here. So uh, what I actually just won last night on ebay 
And I will let you try to figure out what this has to do with Star Wars. I bought a tonsil removal tool. A, a tonsil removal tool? I, I would not try to attempt homemade dental dental or surgery ever unless, you know, you're out in the wilderness lost for days on end. <laughs> but what in the world? Uh, okay, it is one of the devices on the interrogator droid. Wait, what interrogator droid? Which one? From uh, from A New Hope. A the little ball? Le- Leia? Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Is that what that little like that little uh, tuning fork part is? Is that that part? It well, it has it has the needle on one on uh, the one side, and then on the other, it has this thing that kind of goes out and straight up. Okay, that yeah. is a tonsil removal tool. Now, when I was building my interrogator droid, you know, I was I was researching what all these parts are. There's one tool in the back that you don't. There's no good reference of it that I can find. Um, so I don't have anything back there right now. But the tonsil removal tool, the one that I have on mine is not the same style. The one that I have on mine, uh, what what it does is it has like this wire that comes out like a loop. And you put that around the tonsil. And you squeeze, and basically it acts like a noose and tightens till it, I guess, pops the tonsil off. No, no. Wrong. Yeah. So, Wrong. So that that is the one that I got. It was like, I got it for like 15 bucks on eBay. The correct style is more like a little guillotine. It's like a flat piece that has like a hole and a little guillotine through it. Okay, the problem is I could find them on eBay all the time for a while, but I would constantly find them brand new and they were like $400. Oh, wow. Uh, thank you. I will take the $15 slightly less accurate version. Um, but one came up for sale and they were only asking $20 for it. So with shipping, it's only going to cost me like 35 bucks. Nice. And I'll be able to, to upgrade my interrogator droid to have... Uh, accurate, an accurate tool. Um, I, I never even knew you were making an interior gauge word. Oh, I, I've had it for years. Oh, I thought you did R2s or R4s. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of it then. Sweet. Um, so the then uh, something else I got, um, which is not Star Wars, is I got Sam Jackson's character from the Jurassic Park. Uh, Hammond Collection line. One thing I've noticed with Target is they clearance their Jurassic Park stuff a lot. So I got them for like six bucks. That's how I got um, my big, huge Brontosaurus year before last. They clear it was uh, like forty nine ninety nine. They clearance it down to like thirty four. I was like, oh, getting it. Oh, oh, I would, I would love to. They don't have the Brontosaurus now. They have the Dreadnoughtus or whatever, which I don't, I don't want that one, but. Um, and then they also had discounted, um, or it might have been a sale. I, I think it was a sale, not a clearance. They're, I'm not even going to try to say the name, but it's like a pterodactyl. <laughs> it has some <laughs> other name, but uh, it's some sort of pterodactyl creature. It was like 50% off. 
and it just came out like within the last few weeks. So oh wow! I, yeah, I was surprised because um, they—that's another thing that I like about the Jurassic Park wave. It's like every month or two, we're getting a new wave consistently. Hey Hasbro, you may have heard of this thing called consistently. Oh, dude, they don't—they don't have the, the resources in the. Uh, um the shipping anymore to 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 the distribution to do it like like Mattel does. They cut all the the, the rumor was they cut all their dis- distributors loose back during the mid two thousands. Might have been around like uh, 2013, 12 or thirteen. And now they just all their ship that they come in, they just do one do one big shipper and they distribute it to the stores through that one like at, from the straight from the factories is what mm. I heard. So that's why distributing is distribution is so terrible. Uh, so you mentioned pause, and I just uh, told Big Bad Toy Store to ship my pot of loot, which has Paz, has the Mortar Trooper, and Aldani Andor. Both all a solid wave. That that Mortar Trooper, he's going on me. I think I, I think it's you know generic trooper yellow. You know I'm a trooper guy, but I like all those little mortars that come out of his backpack. Yeah, that yeah. that that looks pretty cool. Yep. So then the one thing that I actually got Star Wars that I got in hand uh, was I was at Target and they had, which kind of surprised me, the uh, Endor bunker. So oh, nice that up and. Uh, Yes, it was nice. I I appreciate the fact that the way it goes together, you could take it apart if you really wanted to. Yeah, me too. Um, Because sometimes, you know, they'll they'll have it where you have the pegs that you press fit and then they snap in. And if you ever tried to take it apart, you know, it would just destroy it. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it. It's, you know, a a wall with uh, a couple doors and little panels but it, it's pretty nice you know once assembled it was like mm, it's decent size mm-hmm. so i i think they struck a good balance if you made it bigger and added like another ten dollars to it it would be like well so what if it's bigger <laughs> it's too it's too expensive so uh i think that uh that was a good balance they struck. I still wish that they had found a better way to attach the moss and foliage. Agreed. And, or just give us one without it. I would have been okay with that. Me I too. can put I can toss some foliage and dirt on it <laughs> myself. I, I don't need it molded on. Shave five dollars off the price, and no one had to model any of that stuff. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I mean, if you think about it, that actually added cost. Yeah, we well, didn't have time. to. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I really got in hand. Um, I did see at Walmart the other day. I rarely ever go to Walmart, um, but I went there and they had a couple of the speeder bikes. And I was maybe tempted to pick one up for about 0.5 seconds. And I was still like, no, way too much. Way, way, way too much. So I passed up that. Um, I did pre-order the Grand Inquisitor, which they just released. 
I have a couple oh, yeah. pre-orders that I think I may have had since last time we recorded, like uh, like Cad Bane, Jar Jarad. You know, I have those on pre-order. Remember when they were supposed to be taking a break from so many pre-orders? I think that they thought they were going to do that, and then something on the back end changed. Like, oh shoot, guess not. You know, going right back to pre-order. Uh, what are they? Uh, they also put up that. Boba Fett in the uh, like the Tuscan Raider outfit. Oh yeah, yeah, I do have him on pre-order too. I was pleasantly surprised that it did not apply the Boba Fett tax. Oh yeah, no. I, I, I would have put money on the fact that I, I would have almost guaranteed. Oh, it's got soft goods. Oh, we need to. Have a Boba Fett tax on that, and, and it was just normal price. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciated that. That's like, um, and they also put up that, um, the uh, warrior with the little, uh, little dog, yeah, the the mask, which yeah. I passed on that because what was it like 25? Because it was just a, a deluxe, right? Something like that, yeah. Listen, that well, it's I just might, the... I might go back and, and get that because I kind of would like. You know the extra articulation and stuff on the little massive. How are we gonna get into this? The debacle that was Luke and Grogu at Target the last few days. <sighs> See, I don't really care about it. What surprises me is how many people do care about that set. Like I've been seeing so many people that were on uh, the the discuss on um, Yak Face were like. When's it going up? Oh, I can't get it. Oh, what Target, you know, is behind again, all this stuff. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like, why do so many people care? It it sucks. We've had how many Grogu figures already? We've had how many Luke Je Jedi figures come out? I, uh, so what? It has a couple extra little frogs and stuff, but I just don't get it. I don't get the love for that set. Uh, it's. I think it's more the love of Luke Skywalker, man. People love Luke Skywalker, and even though it's the same version that comes in the single card, it comes with Grogu and a bunch of little stupid little little bundle, little chainmail shirt and frogs and, and Yoda's lightsaber. Uh, I it was supposed to go up when Thursday, I think it was, or Wednesday or Thursday at one at one p.m. Didn't go up that day. Didn't go up Friday. Didn't go up Saturday. Didn't go up. Sunday went up Monday morning at like eight o'clock in the morning. It finally went up five days, four or five days, I think. And yes, I ordered it. Yes, I hate myself. <laughs> you know, I, so. Well, here's the other reason I, I don't understand people wanting to jump on that is one thing I've found is when it comes to exclusives, Target may suck with its online ordering stuff, which is why I never bother. But they are very good about stocking their exclusives in the store. Mm. Like it, like I almost never have problems finding Target exclusives right there on the pegs. Mm. So yeah. to me, I'm like, well, even if I did want it, I, I'm, it's probably going to show up at stores at some point. I think the new the uh, the Boba Fett in in Kinder Colors is starting to show up now. Um, I did see that at Target once. Now, now that is one thing that I've noticed when it comes to Boba Fett at Target. He moves. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm still mostly getting mine eventually here in the next few weeks. We'll see what happens to that, though. There's a reason they uh, charge the Boba Fett tax, and it's because people are crazy about Boba Fett. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what else we put up on order that they put up for May 4th was uh, the repaint of the speeder bike in the white with the baby Grogu in the bag. That's something else. And, the, uh, and they even talked about the upside-down knee pads. That you talked about. Oh, really? Years ago, they they mentioned it in the ZBrush conference. So the guys that actually designed it and uh, sculpted it, they just repainted. They just like re- had as a removable piece that you can flip upside down. This way, has how they made the assembly on it. Oh, really? Yeah, this way they really they can just use one mold and use it up and uh, reverse up, upside down for both versions. Okay, you know what? I gotta give them uh, some serious props for that. That, yes, I am nodding my head in approval. That is smart. Because the sculptor has mentioned, like, they had to contact LFL, like, is this right? Why are their knee pads upside down from the original? And they were like, it's purposely done like that. Basically, it's just showing us, and they talked about the knee pads. Like, yeah, we had to make sure the knee pads were upside down, so we just took, flopped this piece and swapped it upside down. Oh, there you go. Uh, another another thing that went up for pre-order is the uh, Ewoks cartoon. Oh yeah, three colors of Wicket and Princess Nisa. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't Which, have. Uh, I don't have the original Nisa from that, from that big pack. Well, and ago. the nice thing is, it. I mean, in that pack, they pretty much made it the same colors as the cartoon. So, I know Wicket. They have the alternate uh, hood or whatever on him that's repainted, and maybe his body's repainted. But Nisa, it does not look like they really changed her from that multi-pack. I'm sure there'll be plenty of wickets on eBay the week after they, they start hitting some yeah. people in boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did buy two of the Vintage Collection Wicket when it came out because it has that alternate hood. And so... You know, I have one of them with the uh, with the alternate hood. And I just have it. It's just another Ewok. So, yep. I kind of wish. Oh man, what if they if they really wanted to go triple dip on on Wicked, and I would do it if they uh, put him again. Because remember, he used the alternate hood and the satchel and a little toy horse of Sindels from the Ewok adventure in the uh, as a third repack of him. Maybe Sindel and Teak because they have the Teak figure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it, Oh, if if they did, I would love to see them do, like maybe two sets, one from uh, Caravan of Courage and one from Battle for Endor. I would love for them to release like some box sets like that. I would so buy them. Oh yeah, dude, Sindel, Teak, Wicket, and Old Man Noah, just and. <laughs> I would... And and one of the Raiders or something like that. Yeah, well, they have the Raiders now because they've been doing the Raiders for Mandalorian and for. Uh, and I'd be like, yes, like he, I would love it, dude. Yeah, just, or, just and, have one of those, and then for the original, it could be like her and her family, and maybe another Ewok or something like that. Oh, or that that Dark Knight sister. Remember that's the first time we see a Knight sisters and. Battle for Endor. That yeah, was that, that the first one or well okay, that was the second one. I was thinking of uh Yeah, yeah, the second movie, yeah. I was, first... I was thinking of a set for the first and then a set for the The first set would have to be Mace Sindel 
and like maybe the they parents? would want to have Ewok. They would want to have Wicket and all of them. That's the oh thing. yeah, Wicket, Sindel, Mace, and that old Ewok who dies at the end. Remember in Big Giant's Cave, and then yeah. the second set would be Wicket, uh, Teak, Noah, and the Night Sister Woman. There you go, two sets yeah. of four. Uh, yeah, whatever. Make them, I buy them. <laughs> yep, pretty much. All right. So, uh, I know there's some other pre they they announced a lot of Black Series stuff. And if anyone's new to the show, we kind of skim over Black Series because we're mainly three and three quarter inch collectors. But uh, two that kind of were very interesting choices is they announced in the pipeline they're going to be doing. Uh, what I just refer to as take back feed Padme in like the maroon dress uh, and Anakin from the Phantom Menace. Really mm. surprising choices. Yeah, grass black for a series figure uh, collectors. I'm glad you get those. Those are. I mean, they haven't really done a whole lot of Phantom Menace stuff for six inches. So. No, they did. Well, they did. Uh, what Obi Wan, Darth Maul, and. Jar Jar Mace and Jar Jar, yeah, Mace Windu. Um, I, I guess you could say, um, Keanu Mindy, since he's in all of them, he basically never changes, yeah. And, and and battle droids, I guess you know, they've done battle droids. Uh, I mean, I get, I guess the problem with Phantom Menace is if they expand beyond like those core characters, which Except for Padme. Yeah, they haven't done any Padmes from Phantom Menace, and they haven't done Anakin. So that kind of checks the box on the other major characters. But beyond that, well, now you're getting into, like, Captain Tarples, mm. uh, some of the pod racer characters, Shmi, you know, I'm sure she's not, she wouldn't be, like, a huge seller. Um and the pod racer characters are a lot of them are small or just like very odd. Um, so really, with Phantom Menace, I, besides those core characters, I don't know if they would sell that well. Uh, TC14 would the silver repaint of 3PO with the little serving tray. Yeah, um, maybe. I I think a destroyer droid might do good of course they would make it deluxe deluxe yeah uh who else would i get put into it i mean I had... palpatine like would anyone buy senator palpatine i don't know um let me try to think one of one of padme's handmaidens that's good yeah may maybe maybe um who else because quite There's honestly not... I, I i think they would do better doing alternate Padme outfits would yeah. sell better than some of the you know, boss and ass, okay yeah, everyone's clamoring for a Black Series boss and ass <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so um, you know, I always thought the, the what is it, the Bomba, the big the big lizard that has like the big uh, blue spheres with the ion that, like, oh should... yeah, the, the Fomba I mean, the Fomba is okay though so that came out in three and three quarter back in like 2001, 2000. You know, uh, the interesting thing about that, I don't ever remember it seeing in, you know, seeing it in stores. And the first time I saw it was at a, a vendor. It, 
actually last episode i i think i was talking about there was a, a vendor at a flea market that he was kind of like my dealer like anything that i didn't find in stores like i i knew he would get that stuff and i think that was the first time i had ever seen one i'm like what they made that like i didn't even know they had made it well that would make sense since back then it was an fao schwartz exclusive they have oh yeah. okay okay makes sense now and uh but if they did a six inch version of the Famba, i mean that would scale almost true to scale for three and three quarter that would be huge though yeah well i mean the Fambas were huge so like in for six inch should be like I don't know, 120 bucks, but I don't, could... <laughs> we couldn't get a Rancor. <laughs> maybe <laughs> this, uh, I don't know. I don't think they would be doing a Famba. Yeah, true. I'm trying to think who else they could do. You're right. There's not a whole lot of people they could do for Watto. <laughs> do Watto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, I would say Watto, he might be a B character, but a very major... a strong B character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's their names? Um, uh, a little slave boy with the black hair. Uh, Kitster? Kitster and Wald. Yeah. I, uh, I think in three and three quarter, we came close. I, I think they had said once that we came close to getting that in three and three oh, quarter. Man. I mean, just, just, just a, just a re-scope off the Anakin body. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. So they delayed the HasLab announcement. Thank God. Why? But from a financial standpoint, exactly. Too much crap. Too much crap's and hidden. <laughs> well, well. Ho- hopefully, it'll uh, lead lead more people to uh, spend money and and buy a cantina from me. <laughs> yes, I will. I, I I too need to do that. I, uh, dude, I've COVID really ate up the funds. Let me let you know. And then all the stuff hit literally as I had no paychecks coming. And like, oh, we're gonna have. Uh, another HasLab, like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to start selling parts of my collection. Hmm. Yeah, so, ah, uh, I'm I'm not too, like, I'm so busy right now, it's like, I don't even have time to think about it, because I'm, I'm trying to get ready for a convention at the end of the month, and hmm. so I've been stocking props like mad. I just, um, uh, did Han Solo's blaster from A New Hope? Like oh, yeah. I've had his Empire Strikes Back one. I just finished his uh, New Hope one. So yeah, I'm busy stocking. I, I think I figured out I'm going to be doing maybe like 200. Oh wow! I have to stock up on. Um, so yeah, I, I've been busy with that, and in between that, trying to do uh, you know cantina parts and. Uh, I've gotten a couple more cantina orders just within the last week or two. So been been busy with that. So I don't mind the delay. Yeah, me either. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, we didn't have like a, a ton of new pickups, but it, it was just like a lot of little things mm-hmm. uh, trickling out between, you know, the, the Mando... Mondays, which were mostly Boba Fett reveals, yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett reveals, and and you know Visions and Survivor. Of course, we have this all wrapped up with the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, uh, which is uh, it's my sentimental favorite. Like from a narrative standpoint, I know 
Empire is, you know, kind of better from that perspective. But Jedi was the one that I know I saw in theaters. And I, I'm a little iffy on Empire, whether I had seen it in the theater or not. Because I had, like, the 33 record and the storybook. And so when we had all that other stuff that we could experience the story through sometimes it kind of gets muddled and you're mm-hmm. like, well, wait, did, did I see it in the theater or do I just remember seeing some of the pictures in the book? And then maybe I saw it in the theater, but it was a re-release. And so I think I originally saw it. Jedi is one of those. I know undoubtedly for a fact, I had seen it in the theater. And then about a year later, they brought it back in the theater and I saw it again. And, mm. uh, so I want to talk a little bit about like how how you experienced it and like what what are like some interesting things you remember when you saw it for the first time if you can remember that. Well, that's funny cuz like cuz I was told I saw Return of the Jedi when it was released but I was too young to remember it. I didn't experience Return of the Jedi where I knew it was something of Star Wars until I think it was around I want to say it was around six or seven. So this was around 85, 86. And I was in my basement. And I was actually playing on a bunch of my G.I. Joe's. I had a few Star Wars figures mixed in. Old Ben Kenobi. And I think uh, Arise. Raise. And um, my dad was working out. Because my dad was a big, big workout nut. He had a ton of uh, weight, 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 workout equipment down in the basement. But he also had a TV up on the, uh, up on the shelf. Uh, or no, it wasn't a, a big TV. This is the big TV, one of those old, the size of a piece of furniture TVs. They had like the, the big, huge wooden box things and the speakers all built into it from the 70s. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. It wasn't, it wasn't a TV, it was a piece of furniture. Basically, yeah. And we were down there, and I was down there with my figures, G.I. Joe and Star Wars mixed, and I think it had some Adventure Time people in there too. And my dad had been, uh, for some reason, he had his boonie hat out. Like, I don't know if you know what a boonie hat is. It's a, uh, you know, when you're in Vietnam, you see those guys with like those jungle hats that like come down over like a little brim around their head and stuff like that. Okay. It's called, like it's a beret? Called a uh, not like a beret. Like, it comes down where the flap is like all way, kind of like um, in Predator, they're wearing boonie hats where it comes down like, and the entire like flap goes all the way around their head. It comes down like a bit away from their head, giving like okay. a shadow. Um, and uh, like a jungle hat, basically, is what it is. Okay, and when you flip it upside down, it basically looks like a pit, like a like a Sarlacc pit. And so, I had had his boonie hat and took like a one of the now, you kids may not know this, but we still had to stir our paint by hand back in the day, and so you had <laughs> long, flat little pieces of wood called paint stirs, right? <laughs> And what I did, I remember watching Return of the Jedi and putting the paint, this is, a, of course, a dry, not used painter across my dad's boonie hat, right? And to me, that was the sk- the skiffs. And I think I had either Duke or or maybe it was uh, Snake Eyes knocking all the other guys into the pet that would be the Sarlacc pit, right? I thought that was so badass. And Luke jump over, they're fighting to, over this pit and he's knocking guys into it. And she's like, this is sweet. Now, I didn't really, I knew it was something about Star Wars, but I didn't, again, I fell asleep later on, so I didn't need to finish it. 
I didn't really cognitively understand Return of the Jedi until later when I had watched the two Ewok movies. And I remember that the Ewoks were in one of those Star Wars movies. And so the first full Star Wars movie I ever watched were the two Ewok movies. And then later on, I went back and saw Return of the Jedi, like, oh, on TV. Like, oh, okay, that's what it makes sense. And because that was really my introduction to quote unquote, the Star Wars was the Ewok movies, even though I had seen parts of Return of the Jedi. It just, I didn't, cognitively, my mind didn't put it all together. Like, like when you watch Transformers, or which, when you watch G.I. Joe back in the day, and then you watch the second or third season of Transformers, and technically Cobra Commander's in it, but you're not really sure, you know, because he's an old man. Yeah. Um, so, that's kind of how So, it was it on TV? Yeah, it was on TV. Oh, yeah. On one of those big TVs, around 85 or 86, when it was playing on TV for me. Yeah, and, so... Uh, so for me, I now the one thing I don't remember, I don't ever remember any of the the imagery or promotion for Revenge of the Jedi. I don't, no, no. I, don't I hadn't even realized that was a thing until way later. I think I was an adult by the time I even heard Revenge of the Jedi was a thing. Um, mm. I remember seeing some photos. It was along with an article. I was over at my cousin's, and he showed me this magazine. And I don't even think it was a sci-fi magazine. It was, you know, just some, like, Newsweek or whatever. You know, just some mainstream magazine. And they had an article about this new Star Wars movie coming out. And he and he's showing it to me, and they had a couple pictures. They had um, two that I really remember. The one was... The Imperial shuttle where it comes out of the Star Destroyer to head to the Death Star, the mm. opening scene. And it was from the back. So you couldn't all you could see was the three wings and, and those like blue engine lights. Yep. And so to me, until I saw Jedi, I had no idea what the front of it looked like. I knew there was <laughs> this three-winged vehicle. That's all I knew about it. Um and there was another picture of the um the rancor with the bone wedged in its mouth and then there was also i think a picture of jabba on the throne um and i think those were the three pictures and so didn't really know anything else i just remember uh okay that's from the new star wars movie i don't even remember them having pictures of the main cast um and then somewhere along the line, I know my cousin and I saw pictures of the Royal Guards. And we were just like, it's it's Red Darth Vader's. They have Red Darth Vader's in this. <laughs> you know, we had no idea what they were about. But to us, that you know, they had big capes or robes or whatever. And they had these funny helmets. They were Red Darth Vader. Um, so that, that was really all I knew going in. Um now there is some other stuff where and depending how you saw the movie you know some some people they they heard about it before they saw it so they kind of like knew all the storyline and everything but i don't remember saying oh that's princess leia in disguise when she comes in with chewy and she's oh, yeah. Bausch. like I remember seeing that as a kid and it was like, oh my gosh, it's Princess Leia when she takes off the helmet. Um, so 
you know, my, my little mind was like, oh my goodness, how did this, uh, you know, last time we saw Chewie, he was on the Falcon with Lando, and now this bounty hunter has him captured. So I, I think some of that stuff where maybe some adults would get it, like they would pick up on it and they would say, well, a bounty hunter is awfully petite and kind of walks like a woman and was with Chewbacca. I'm guessing that might be Princess Leia in disguise. I, I know me as a kid, you know, I didn't. Oh, all, of those look, all, all of those look alike those kids, you know. That's how it goes. So, Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember it's just all these vague things where I remember seeing something particular on screen and it was like, oh my gosh. Um, I remember when you first see Wicket, the camera's just down at his feet walking. Yep. And I remember thinking, is that like a grizzly bear or something? Uh, you know, and then the camera pans back. Oh no, it's not a grizzly bear; it's a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I love Wicket. I, I hate to say it, but I always did like. I guess that story with the Ewok movies, and I look backwards with Ewok movies, then Return of the Jedi. Then, uh, I think I saw either. I think I saw a New Hope, and then I saw Empire Strikes Back. So the order I saw them, but yeah, yeah, dude, I. I and I was seven when Jedi came out, so to me it was like I, I don't know. I I dug the Ewoks; they they were cool. I to me it wasn't like, oh, this is too ridiculous or too far. It's like in the beginning of the movie we had a, a very obvious Jim Henson looking puppet cackling and ripping <laughs> out Freepio's eyeballs. No one was complaining about that, you know. So yeah. it was like to me, it was it was just okay. So they happen to kind of look cute. Who cares? Oh, uh, dude, the Jabba the Hutt's palace scared me more than anything else in Star Wars, especially the Rancor. That because my cousin had the Rancor, right? And I didn't know that it was in Return of the Jedi, right? Because I had saw parts of it, but not that part. And so, like, as I'm watching Return of the Jedi for the first time, I like I first time I remember, I remember this vividly. It opening up the big huge door and seeing it come after and eat that pig guard like oh shit! I remember running out of the room like no I don't want to die because I was scared and, as crap. And I still gotta say the rancor has st- for one the scene holds up. It, I mean that was a freaking puppet, and it's still that scene looks amazing. I like I said when I watched it I wasn't watching like the the blu-ray or whatever now i think it might have had the thx enhancements where they just like cleared it up a bit Mm -hmm. but that scene today still looks amazing and the rancor is still got to be one of the like probably within the top five of movie monsters the rancor is still awesome yeah i i i agree like i oh man and then like Jedi was Jedi was kind of intense though. You know, you, you did have you know Java, which was kind of like ew, yeah. you know, big slimy slug, and then you had the Rancor. You, you did have some kind of scary stuff. I I think in all of Star Wars, the the scene that probably freaked me out the most when I was little was uh, the cave scene on Dagobah, and and Luke's face is like staring up out of the. Darth Vader helmet, and that was that was pretty freaky as a little mm. kid. To me, that one was like, oh, what? Because yeah, I was too 
it's stupid to understand the, the, the spiritual meaning behind it. I was like, what was that? A robot? It was just some robot he had with him to, to scare him. That's all it was. Get out of the cave. <laughs> That's all I was doing. My, my kid brain was rationalizing it like, you know, how it blew, the, he cuts off Vader's head and his face underneath. Like, oh, what was it? Like, oh, no, it's just some, some robot he needed him. Don't worry about it. Get out of the cave. You don't you pass the test. <laughs> yeah, there there is some narrative stuff where I, I think, you know, you understand it or take it a little bit better. I know for me, I, I never cared for the stuff with Luke and Vader and the Emperor as much because, to me, Luke was the hero. He was supposed to kill the bad guy. Yep. And when he didn't kill the Emperor as a kid, I kind of felt cheated. Like, I was like, no, Luke was supposed to kill him. And Darth Vader's a bad guy. What's he doing? Like, saving the day and everything. Granted, you know, you see it now as an adult, and you're like, yeah, that, that's kind of how it should have gone. You know, that makes sense narratively. Um, You know, and you have that redemption arc. But, yeah, as a kid, it was kind of like, <sighs> Yeah, I, I, mm, I agree to a point, like, uh, dude, for a long time, I thought Luke did kill the Emperor, to be honest with you. Because I can't remember, I can't remember, like, I don't, I remember him being tossed down the thing. And for some reason, like, oh, Luke tossed him down the thing with the Force, because, like, yeah, I realize, those old 3x4 screens we were watching, and then, like, Vader's just a dark blob, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I just figured he'd use the Force and pushed him off, like, ah. Oh. So, and then later on, when I saw it on a bigger screen, I was like, oh, no. Vader picked him up and threw him. And then, I just figured he was just hurting from where he had fought uh, Luke, and then Vader decides to be good at the end. And I was like, I don't trust Vader either, saying he's his dad and everything. No, screw it. Don't trust him, Luke. Don't trust him. Because this whole thing you're trying to do, like, will Luke go bad? Will Luke go good? Like, I to me, like you said, it, that never crossed my mind. Luke was the hero. He was the hope. So there's no, in like, narratively, I don't mean my mind just couldn't, wasn't, uh, I wasn't old enough to understand why would you want to be a bad guy for? That's stupid. The good guys always win. Yeah. What, what did you think of uh, the reveal of, of Vader, like looking all beat up? Like, I, I don't know what I expected to see. You know, it's the first movie I had saw of Star Wars that had him in it. So I really didn't have that kind of tension build up from it, from the first two movies. So like, oh, he's just an old man in it. Oh, that's what makes sense. That's why he's all hurt and Luke's having to carry him now because he's old. So that part didn't really surprise me that much. And then later on, when you realize, oh, no, he didn't just show his face to anybody. And I still want to remove him with Darth Vader figure, though, which I had to wait till I was in high school again. <laughs> yeah. Man, Jedi. Yeah, it is, it is definitely my uh, sentimental favorite. I don't know. There was something about Endor. Like, I I loved that that scenery, I guess. I love the treehouse. I agree. The... The, the scene that holds up to me to this day is the storytelling scene by 3PO. Where they're all in the big, huge middle part of the of the uh, treehouse homes of the, of the Ewoks. And he's telling that he's recanting the story of the last few years of the Star Wars to him. I wanted to remake that scene, actually, with figures. And I might still try to do it yet. Um, I bought some extra ta- I bought some extra treetops for an indoor village, but not like the middle part. I, I think part of the reason I... Well, I don't know if it's part of the reason, but my uh, grandparents, when I was when I was little, had a uh, a cabin up, up in the woods. It wasn't like their their primary house, 
but during the summer, like almost every weekend, you know, a bunch of us in the family would go and, and stay at this cabin and, uh, you know, like it didn't, it was, it was almost like a whole house, but you know, a small one, but, uh, it had electric and the only running water it had was that they had a really wide Creek, um, that went by on the property and they had a pump going up from the creek and what you do is you would press this button under the sink with your foot and it would go and run the pump and you would get cold <laughs> water and you would get cold water okay out, out of the sink but then if you had to use the bathroom it, it had like an outhouse and everything so it, it was a little crude but i loved going up there when i was little yeah, because you could, you have the actual outdoors to use your figures with. I do. I agree one hundred percent. Because I bet I bet you use that creek and all, all that grassland and, and area around that cabin as scenery for your Star Wars too, didn't you? Well, I you know what I don't remember taking a lot of like my action figure type toys with me up there because I I was doing a lot of stuff like looking for frogs and animal because you could go up there and you would always find you know like turtles or, or frogs or something like that so i was very much about like just getting outdoors like i like i would sometimes take some toys up with me but i would also take like a lot of outdoorsy stuff but uh yeah i used to love it so it was it was almost like i had my own endor when i went there granted the trees were nowhere near as big but oh man see i was i was all about it when i go visit my grandmother's or my aunts lived out in the country. I take GI Joe's, some Star Wars that I had. But I was mostly again when I was grew up a little bit after. It. I remember to this day. I remember losing my stalker in my in my grandmother's uh, garden that wasn't being used. It was basically a big like clay and mud patch, right? It was all dried up, looked great. And then my mom had to come down find the stalker for me. And then she'd go back up to the house and me play for another three, four hours, lose him again. But this time I knew I had him from this one little part that was like he was guarding the, the this this like trench area. And then after I started going home, remember, oh yeah, I left Stalker there. And oh, did you where'd you leave him? And he goes, he's on the trench guarding the trench. It's okay. It'll be okay. And then because uh, <laughs> he blended in so well. And uh, yeah, dude, I used a, I used the the forest of a grand, near my grandmother's and the the uh, dirt, dirt and wilderness of the countryside for my GI Joes and Star Wars a lot. I wish I could still had the ability to go out there and do that stuff, but it looks kind of odd to see a grown man with action figures in the little park trying to take pictures <laughs> and use them. You know. hey, there's a few four of us out there taking pictures, like which weirdos. That'd be a different one guy. You know, good cops call call. <laughs> yeah. What 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 was your uh, your favorite Return of the Jedi toy? Uh, the speeder bike to this day. I love it. I bought three of the new one and uh, possibly some more. When I replay that scene with Pop Lou speeding off, and um, that was so much fun to see how fast they were going because I remember I, I had some piece of crap bike, and my dad for my seventh birthday. Upgraded me to a Huffy Fifty. Remember Huffies? All those bikes back yeah, in the that, day. That was that was my second bike. Was my Huffy. I loved yeah. it. 
And as fast as we go, I remember I was so happy to get the bike. That first day it was my birthday, my seventh birthday. I wrecked on that thing a hundred times, Sca- scraped my my face, my arms. I was bleeding all over the place. I felt no pain. I was so happy to get that bike. And I was like, came out bleeding all over. Like my mom was like, "What happened to you?" Like I was having fun because, like you know, we're in the we're in the suburbs, so I'm falling and scraping myself on the street and on the sidewalk and the curb and everything. And um, and I helmet? Mastered- what's a helmet? Exactly, no helmet. And so. When I was watching Return of the Jedi later, either earlier or later that year, I think it was earlier that year, I was amazed at how fast they were able to go through the forest and dodge all that stuff. Like we know now, it's you know movie making magic. Like wow, look how fast they're going. That must be. And then, like, how are they dodging all that stuff? So I'd be on my bike trying to redo it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the speeder bike. A favorite favorite toy was the speeder bike, but the uh, the Imperial Guard was a close second. I love the. Uh, the Red Imperial Guards. Me and my brother both loved them too. So I'm a close second on that. Yeah, I think mine was probably the Rancor. Ah, good call. I, I, I mean, I was, I mean, the fact you could move the jaw and everything, and he was so big because I mean that was like the biggest beast we had. The thing that was so cool about him was, you know, he could take out a Scout Walker if he wanted to. Yep. So, yep. Uh, so I, I loved that. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the arm had those springs in it. Yep. So you could like kind of have them do like the SWAT maneuver. And uh, I uh, overextended the arm a little bit. <laughs> and the one arm ended up breaking. And, and so my dad glued it in place. And so for years and years and years, you know, he, the one arm just couldn't move, unfortunately. But, uh, Oh man, yeah, my, um, I love that rancor. I never had it as a kid. I didn't get it until I was a teenager or adult. But my neighbors across the street had it, the Brooks Brothers. And uh, they were trying to explain to me, because I don't think I had seen the movie yet, that he eats the pig guards, right? And we kept trying to stuff one of the Gamorans. <laughs> in, and we probably the weren't j- the only kid. <laughs> we, we broke the jaw. Remember, the jaw was supposed to be able to go rah, rah. With it, right? We broke the jaw trying to stuff a Gamoran. I think we got him stuck so far in we couldn't get him back out at that point. So he was just forever stuck in the Rancor. Yeah, there, there, there was a moment where I, I thought about trying a Jawa, and I'm like, if the Jawa goes in there, it's not like every... real life. He's not coming <laughs> out. <laughs> He's going to be in that, that hard plastic body forever. <laughs> you know there's got to be a bunch of kids out there that... <laughs> They, r- they rattle the rancor. It's like, what's in there? A Jawa, a couple yeah. Ugnots. Oh man, we put we put coins in ours. We put like uh, like sticks and stuff. Like he was eating like like we had like uh, Mulan War clippings from where my mom when where their their mom had or their somebody had mowed the lawn. You know, you have you like those little trails of lawnmower clippings you don't pick up because we didn't have a bag on the end of our lawnmowers. We were old school. You just get the lawnmower. That's it. No bag that sucks it up into it. Nothing. Just it shoots it out the side onto a little trail as you go. So he put in those lawnmower clippings, and that was like his meal. Long that his little like little, he regularly ate. I remember I I had this Matchbox car. I don't think it was Matchbox car brand. It was, it was some other brand, but it was James Bond's uh, DB5, mm. and it had this little button on the side, and you you would press it. And it had an ejection seat, 
and this little tiny figure, small enough to go in a matchbox car, the roof would open up and it would go and shoot this little figure out. And uh, I had a matchbox uh, bulldozer, and I remember jamming <laughs> the the cockpit or whatever to that bulldozer was about the size of of this little figure and i'm like i'm gonna have that figure drive him i crammed this figure in and there was no way i was gonna get it out no way i was gonna get it out i don't know what i was thinking you know it's like stupid kid stuff your first thought is i'm gonna do this thing and then your second thought is oh why'd i do the thing (laughs) that's how it goes man Uh, there's many uh Mini action figure lost uh, down uh, vents and uh, down down uh, drains. Thinking we can do that stuff. All right. Well, uh, I think I just about does it. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, this was a kind of uh, uh, a potpourri, uh, <laughs> a little bit of everything show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little dose of randomness. So, uh, yeah, just uh, if, if you're listening, remember to subscribe. Remember to tell your friends about the show. Uh, I, I checked the analytics, and it seems like each show we've done, it seems like we're getting a few more people each time, which is pretty Oh, cool. yeah. We should do like the YouTubers do and say that. And remember to like and subscribe. Yes, like remember it. to like and subscribe and tell a friend and <laughs> everything else. And if you have any questions or comments, let us know on our Facebook page. Man, I I almost need to pre-record all that and that way I could just like hit play it. Just, yeah. <laughs> just just splice it into the show where it's like and please remember to blah 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 because I can't remember all of that. <laughs> I'll, I'll forget something. <laughs> <laughs> but so where can people find you, Matt? Uh, usually um, I'm on Rebel Scum under uh, Rezekai. Uh, but Rebel Scum is usually where I'm at uh, or my Facebook. I'm on there sometimes putting up pictures, but not, not recently because uh, Facebook is... I'm, I'm quickly I'm quickly becoming retro and going back to old forum boards. So I'm starting to do. Cause... I, yeah, I, I started doing that a while ago because I, I think part of the problem, too, with, with some of the social media, when when you follow so many people that the pro is you can go to like one place and find and do most everything with like all your groups and and different people and and pages and all that kind of stuff it can put it on one place and you would think that is a good thing and it is to a degree but on the downside it's like i want to do stuff with my life and when you go online and you go to some of those places it's like you're, you're getting assaulted by oh this notification that notification oh i need to respond to this i need to look at this i want to look at this I, I gotta see this thing maybe i should post here and then next thing you know an hour's gone by and you're like well you know i could have done something useful with my life but instead i did that so yeah i um, <laughs> i i'm getting a little bit old-fashioned on that on that stuff too where it's like you know what if i want to talk uh you know customizing and and 
see people's work and figures, you know, I'll go to Imperial Shipyards. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm there, too. Imperial Shipyards. Uh, I am on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Rebel Scum. I keep forgetting to post to Instagram. I Although I haven't gotten to post even to my business Facebook page for a while because I've just been so busy. It's just been a grind right now. <laughs> just volume, volume, volume. <laughs> so I don't have much to say or do, but I'm still working. I'm still working. I'm still making stuff. Um, but yeah, if uh, people want to get in touch with me, they can follow uh, Holding the Ground Productions at Facebook. Check it out there. Also, Kessel Run Collecting. We have a page on Facebook as well. And uh, if uh, you want to contact us about the show, if you think there's you know, something you would like to see covered or anything, uh, people you would like to see us have on as guests, anything like that, contact us through the uh, Facebook page. I don't check it very often, uh, but you can do that. Or just send me an email at holeinthegroundpro.com. I check that email 500 times a day. So with that, we will see you all later, hopefully on the next show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.